This is Invest Talk. Independent thinking, shared success. Justin Klein and Steve Peasley stand ready to take your finance and investment questions and share their unbiased answers. Invest Talk is made possible by KPP Financial, a registered investment advisor firm serving clients throughout the United States. The clarity for your path forward starts now. Here is KPP Financial President, Financial Advisor, Steve Peasley. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Invest Talk. It is Tuesday, April 11, 2023. And you know, the investment landscape has changed over the last several years. And we're here to talk about how it's going to look, not today, we know how it looks today, but in the next three, six, nine months, maybe a year. What is it going to look like then? We always look forward. There's going to be different dynamics at play. Right now, we're dealing with the Federal Reserve last year and a half, raising interest rates last year and all this year, year and a quarter. Uh, and that's the landscape we've been dealing with, and the market has not liked it. Will the Fed change this year? And I think they will. By the end of the year, I think interest rates may well start to ease downward. But not yet. Not yet. I don't think so. Anyway, I'm Steve Peasley. I'm here today on the radio program podcast to help you understand all this landscape and help you move your portfolio to a strategy that and, and make decisions that will benefit you going forward. Don't look backwards. Don't look back and say, well, this stock has done so well, I need to go buy it. That's not necessarily true. You have to look forward, okay? It can be true. Mind you, it can be. I'm not disagreeing with it can't be. I'm just saying that's not how you look at the stock market overall. You look forward. And as you know, uh, on Invest Talk, we have no hidden agenda. We have no bias. We have no point of view we want to push you toward. That doesn't happen here. That's not how we work. We want to inform you. That's, what, that's how we work. It's all about information that you want to hear. Okay. Now, you know the investment situation today with stocks is very different. You know that. Uh, the last several decades, done nothing but move up. You know, so we're going to look at a market for the next year, two years, the last year, next year, this year, uh, just not very doing very well. I do think, and I mentioned before, I think by maybe by the end of the year, the market will start to improve. Okay, so we've just got to be patient. And that's the most important thing to learn about investing is how to become patient and not let fear and greed drive your decisions. Those are the only two emotions that really matter in the market, fear and greed. You do not let them control your decisions. A lot of people try to rationalize their fear and greed. Oh, I'm not being greedy. I'm not fearful. But they are. You have to learn to recognize it and control it. That's that's a real major step. Once you are able to master that, you'll do much better. Okay? So it's all about learning. What are we going to learn? What are the different variables out there in the market that affect us, affect the stock market? What's the variables today? What's the variables next month and six months from now? That's what we're going to discuss. I'm always bringing that up, and we'll talk about it, Okay? Okay, so you need to move the discussion to where you want it to go as well. You know, you drive the questions. I don't, we don't screen you for good questions, bad questions. We take them all. So your questions are what drive the show. Therefore, you have to call. 888-99-CHARTER is our number. 888-992-4278. 
You can call with anything financial. Any questions, as long as it's financial, we'll go there. My focus point today, what's a safe withdrawal rate for retirees? That's the question. What is a safe withdrawal rate from your retirement accounts when you're retired today? You know, we know that stock market and bond prices are declining. Inflation is pretty high. So have things changed as far as what you should be withdrawing from your retirement accounts as you live in retirement? Time permitting, I'll also get into a few other questions. How about commercial real estate? we got to talk about commercial real estate. I think it's in much worse shape than anybody realizes out there. I want to talk about that. Q1 earnings. Remember, we just finished first quarter. Earnings are going to start coming out, and they'll start out with the banks later on this week. I think it's going to be, are we going to be in an earnings recession? And um, did you read, I read an article on, uh, I, you, know, I, you know I read constantly. That's kind of what I, my, my thing. Wealthy Chinese are moving out of China as fast as they possibly can. And where are they going? They're going to Singapore. Why not Hong Kong? Because that's no longer a safe place. Wealthy Chinese, entrepreneurs and stuff, they're under a lot of pressure from a more, more uh, draconian federal government in China. Chairman Xi or Dictator Xi, you know, remember now he's chairman for life. That means he's a dictator. You know, he's coming down harder and harder and harder on the wealthy. The money that built China to be the size they are and the strength they are, uh, that the, which which built them going to a, a semi-free economic system, he's now tightening the screws on it. He wants to have wealth taxes. He wants to take. He's he puts people in jail at will. <laughs> so, you know, I think we're going to see a big dramatic change in China, not for the good. And what about your investments there? We'll have to talk about that. What did Buffett do? That's, that he blames the influence of China on, what, what he's worried about. Those are things I'm going to talk about. But, of course, you come first. As I said, what do you guys want to talk about? Okay. Also, time permitting, we've got some voice bank questions. Constellation Brands, we're going to talk about that. Uh, Alamos Gold, Inc. And, you know, we have a trivia question, Trivia Tuesday. My question concerns IRS audits. Do you know how to defend yourself? That's coming up at the halfway point of the podcast. So I've got all this planned for the episode of this episode of the podcast. And, of course, I will take your live calls. I love those. They're my favorite. 888-99-CHART is the number. The market was mixed again. So it was mixed yesterday and mixed today. The Dow was up 177. The Nasdaq down 4. And the S&P up 14. So it was a little bit of better market overall today, in my opinion. So we had a better market day. Okay, so let's go ahead and take our first call of the day. Given the spending mess we're in, I expect to see a stock market drop of 35 to 50 percent once Biden has to pay the piper. As a result, I'm selling a few mutual funds with high risk and getting into treasury bonds yielding about 4.5 percent to protect assets. However, I'm keeping 80% of my current stock market money in defensive mutual funds like balanced funds, 
dividend-focused healthcare and defense, and will probably keep 10% in money market accounts to keep some powder dry to buy again once the market collapses. What do you guys think about this strategy? Frankly, I have no problem with that strategy. Um, I think being defensive is a smart thing in the current conditions we're in. I don't think the Fed is done raising rates. I'm not sure the market's going to fall 35 to 50 percent. Mind you, it can fall that much. Wouldn't surprise me if it fell. I mean, I'm expecting it to fall, too. I am. I don't know about that much, but man, that's in the realm of reality. Within the within the realm of reality, that it w- would or could, and I think being defensive is a smart thing to be. You'll still lose money even if you're defensive. You just won't lose as much. Okay, it, it, the things that you will make money on is maybe Treasury bonds, because I think the Fed, when the market loses that kind of. M- uh, of value. That means the economy is really looking pretty ill going forward. Um, and that means the Fed will probably change direction. Okay, so your bond values that you have will actually start to improve. They literally look bad now because interest rates have done nothing but gone up. So I kind of like the strategy. I think that's a good good strategy. You, you've well thought out play. and I have no issue with it. We're going to take a quick break, everybody. So please remember that you can call anytime and leave your questions on Invest Talk Voice Bank. Very easy. Or, or if you are listening via live stream, you can call right now. 888-99-CHART. In today's world, a variety of factors are affecting the stock markets. Serious investors know Building a secure financial future requires hard work and determination. That's why now, more than ever, when it comes to the planning, execution, and maintenance of your portfolio, you need InvestTalk. With total downloads surpassing 50 million, each InvestTalk podcast should be one of your key financial planning and educational tools. InvestTalk is a free download, and hosts Justin Klein and Steve Peasley stand ready to provide their unbiased guidance and professional analysis developed from real-time data research and years of investing experience. 24-7, rain or shine, during smooth sailing or on rough weather days, the Invest Talk listener line is open and waiting for your questions. You set the agenda. Don't forget to call InvestTalk, 888-99-CHART. Steve Peasley is here and ready to take your calls live. Invest Talk, 888-99-CHART. Okay, my focus point today, everybody. Uh, what's a safe withdrawal rate for retirees? When I say withdrawal rate, we're talking about from their retirement accounts. And rate means would they make 3 4 5%. How much should they take out a year? What's safe to take out? And it changes year to year, right? I mean... You could always do the math every year and think change year to year because interest rates and inflation, all that stuff changes. But if you sit back, sit back and look at it over a 10-year to 20-year, maybe 30-year point of view, you know that you can have a, a pretty set withdrawal rate. Today, the withdrawal rate for quote-unquote safe withdrawal rate is much lower than it used to be. It's like 3.8%. Okay, last year... The same withdrawal rate using different parameters was like 3.3%. The year before, it was like 4%. 
I've always maintained that you probably could take four to four and a half percent out of your account, uh, retirement account, and you probably will never run out of money. The problem is, is there's a risk called sequence risk, sequence risk. And what it really refers to, I'll make it simple, is that if you have to take out money the first year that you're retired and the market crashed, then you are at much higher risk of running out of money faster because, you know, 3 or 4% of a much lower account, you're just not making the money you should be making. So that's called a sequence risk. When does the market perform well or poorly in the years that you're retiring? But over 10 years expand, the average return is much higher than for the stocks than 3.8%. I mean, even today, you could buy treasury bonds. You could buy two years, and they're paying 4 plus percent right, right now. So it depends. And dividends, you could buy dividend stocks. Just the dividends are paying a lot more than that. And you can live off the dividends. But, you know, again... So it's, it's, it's a matter of what is comfortable and how you are managing your funds. If you're putting it in high-risk, high-growth stocks, then the sequence risk could be much, much more dangerous in your withdrawing of the account every year to live on. So just, you know, I, I, can, I cannot expect people, lay people that are just, you know, trying to do the best they can to understand all these mathematical formulas. And part of me thinks that sometimes my industry makes it complex on purpose just so you have to hire people like me. And it doesn't have to be that complex. It really doesn't. You know, it really doesn't. You, you, know, you, don't, you don't have to hire people. You just got to learn how to do it. And, and, you know, you don't have to agonize over it every year. You don't. So let's see if I can squeeze in another quick answer from uh, the 888-99 chart number. Hi, Steve or Justin. I am calling today about Expedia, ticker symbol EXPE. I had this on my watch list, and I was wondering what you thought about the company and if you thought there was a good entry point. It is a little pricey. Uh, let me know your thoughts. Thanks. Bye. Okay, this is Expedia Group. It's a $91.79 stock, up, uh, what, $0.10, cents, $0.09 cents today? Uh, they're going to make. They, they're they're doing very well. Uh, provides uh, airline ticket, hotel room, car rental, vacation packages, cruise services via Expedia.com, and everybody's been trying to get out of town, right, from COVID lockdown. So for the last year or two, everybody's taking trips. That probably is going to change. I'm thinking they're going to make eight dollars a year this year, nine fifty a year, nine fifty next year. That's the earnings per share. Uh, the sales growth is pretty significant, but it is slowing 15% most recent quarter, 22% the quarter before that, and higher and higher and higher before the quarters before that. So I think if you if it breaks below $80, I think you get out. It's at $91.79 right now. But I think it already broke from $180 down to $80. I mean, but that's still a pretty cheap stock. You make $950 and it's, you know, $91, that's, that's under $10. The five-year range is 7 to 148. Very good company. We'll be taking a break. We're going to take a break. I'm here ready to end and inviting your questions. This is Invest Talk, 888-99-CHART.
Now, each time I host the Invest Talk podcast, I have the satisfaction of taking caller questions and then breaking down the often complex dynamics involved. If you've never called, don't hold back. You can leave your Invest Talk questions on the 24 7 anytime listener line at 888 99 Chart. Hey, Steve and Justin. This is Steven out of South Carolina. I know uh, gold's been doing pretty well right now, and I, you know, I just noticed one. I don't really understand the whole concept of this stock. If you could kind of run it down for me, that'd be awesome. You guys know more than I do for sure on this uh, information, but the ticker symbol's N-U-G-T. Again, it's N-U-G-T. Look forward to hearing a response on this stock. Thank you, guys. Appreciate y'all. Okay, this is an ETF. It's not a stock. It's an exchange-traded fund. It's one of the direction funds. That's the name of the fund family that produces these, and they tend to produce these leveraged funds. And what it means is you can buy an ETF falling gold. It follows the gold price up and down, and that ETF is GLD. That's the symbol. You can follow an ETF that follows just the gold miners index, which this one is attached to gold miners index. Okay, and that's GDX. This one, NUGT, is an exchange-traded fund seeking performance corresponding to three times the gold miners index. So if the gold miner index goes up 1%, this will go up 3%. If the gold miners index goes down 1%, this will go down 3%. It's called a leveraged fund. So leveraged funds are very dangerous, they're okay to use for you know for short-term trades, but I am not keen on leverage funds at all for any long-term investments because they're so volatile. So this one, this one tracks the gold miner index, but leverages it, borrows money, has agreements with counterparties to be through, try to track the underlying index three times the normal rate. Okay, that's what this is trying to do. People get all excited about it because, oh, gee, if it goes up, it goes up three times faster. Ooh, yeah, but if it goes down, it goes down three times faster, too. And usually the exchange, the expense ratio of these leverage funds are much higher than just regular funds tracking just an index. But that's what this does. Three times the gold miners index. So if gold miners index, the miners go up, this will go up much faster. They go down, this will go down much faster. Okay, N-U-G-T. Okay, okay uh, commercial real estate is going to be worse, worse than what happened to real estate in 2008. Why do I say that? Well, one reason is there's $2.9 trillion in loans coming up for refinancing in the next two years. $2.9 trillion worth of loans coming up for refinancing in the next two years. And every one of those loans are very low, and they're going to be refinanced at 35 to 4.5% mortgage rate higher. Okay? And that's going to be a lot of pressure on these loans. It's going to, and I've, you're starting to see it now. I saw a bunch of defaults on commercial real estate be announced today on various... You know, people, uh, companies not going to make their payments, didn't make their payments. They're going to have to foreclose on those. Okay, so, and did you know that that $2.9 trillion worth of loans, those are all on banks, right? Banks. And did you know that 80% of those loans are small and mid-sized banks? 
people keep calling me about banks. Oh, this bank looks really good. It looks really good. Mm, I'm not. I'm not keen on banks, everybody. Nope, 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 nope. Not the regional banks. Not the smaller banks. I mean, I'm okay on a bank like you know uh, Goldman Sachs or you know maybe Wells Fargo or you know they have to be huge. That's what I think. And you know we've already had a little mini brink crisis. Not sure we're complete yet, but this is going to be a, uh, this is going to be a big overhang on banks and banks' earnings for the next year or two. These these loans that are going to come up for renewal on commercial real estate. Commercial real estate. Okay. When people take the time to leave an Investop podcast review on iTunes, we like to thank them for their courtesy by getting to their questions quickly. This is user 12323. I have a question on the stock PXD. That's Pioneer Natural Resources, PXD. Uh, there is a recent rumor that Exxon is going to acquire PXD. Could you share your analysts of PXD? Is it a good buy now? How sustainable is the dividend? Okay, let's look at it, PXD. Oh, gosh. Come on, computer. When I punch stuff in, I need you to come up right away. Don't be slow. Okay, Pioneer Natural Resources engaged in exploration and production of oil and gas in the United States. It's a $51 billion company. This, it would surprise me that ExxonMobil would buy this size of a company. Because that's a that's a big bite. I mean, ExxonMobil, for instance, is the size of ExxonMobil is four hundred sixty nine billion. So they could do it. That's not that's not the issue. But I don't think they would do it in this time frame. They okay. But this bank is selling at a very good price. It's a two hundred twenty dollars stock. Going to make twenty two dollars and seventy six cents next year. That's under a 10 PE. That's very good. The fundamentals are very good. The dividend is pretty high, 11.8%. I'm not sure if they can keep that up. That'd be difficult. But it's a good, solid company. It really is. And it's not overpriced. It's Trivia Tuesday, so let's get to it. Tax season is here, and there are some things you need to keep in mind as the filing deadline approaches. So, as we go to break, here's my two-part trivia question. What are the biggest, what are the triggers that might cause IRS to look closely at you? And how can you defend yourself if you're selected for an IRS audit, which I have been many times, several times? I will supply the answer after the break. My InvestTalk phone number lines are open, 888-99-CHART. At this point, I think almost everyone has heard how generative AI promises to bring us to the next industrial revolution. AI is already shaping society with an impact on daily life that echoes the transformative significance of electricity or the Internet. As we take steps to embrace the potential of generative AI, we need to remain vigilant with regard to its exploitability. This is where HackerOne comes in. HackerOne's AI Red Team addresses the novel challenges of AI safety and security for businesses that are launching new AI deployments. The HackerOne approach involves targeted offensive testing by harnessing the collective skills of ethical hackers who are proficient in AI and prompt hacking. In short, AI red teaming is the practice of stress testing AI models and deployments to make sure they can't be tricked into providing information beyond their intended use, and that security flaws can't be exploited to access confidential data or systems. 
HackerOne seamlessly integrates with your existing tools to enhance communication and collaboration across development, security, and IT teams. So, stay ahead of the game in the battle against cyber threats with HackerOne's attack resistance platform. Learn more at HackerOne.com. That's H-A-C-K-E-R-O-N-E.com. HackerOne.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Everybody wants a secure financial future, but getting there takes strategy, discipline, and unbiased guidance. You've come to the right place. Invest Talk, 888 99Chart. 888 Okay, before the break, I had a trivia question for you. What are the triggers that might cause an IRS audit, one that would cause them to look at you closely? And how can you defend yourself from an IRS audit? I have been audited three or four times, I don't remember now. Never had to pay a dime extra. Matter of fact, I had money coming the other way because I make sure I don't take all the deductions I could. I just don't like to to, uh, have any of these triggers happen. Okay, so what are some of the IRS audit triggers that will increase your chances of an audit? If you have round numbers a lot, they don't like that. They know that's inaccurate. That's a red flag. Missing income. Well, how do they know you're missing income? Well, if you if they get a 1099 from somebody who sent you some money and you didn't you forgot about it or lost that paperwork and it's not on your return, that's a red flag. Uh, excessive deductions or credits. Of course, what does the word excessive mean? There, it's a gray area. It's hard to know. Unreported income, same thing as missing income in my personal opinion. Uh, 1099s are the biggest red flags there that they get and you don't. For instance, like if you've got an interest income from the bank of $32.12, because you know how they don't pay much in interest, but you just ignore it because it's not enough to worry about. The IRS doesn't ignore it. They want to see that $32.99 because they have a 1099 for it and you got something from the bank. You better put that on your taxes. Okay? Refundable tax credits. IRS doesn't like that at all. They don't like those things, even though they're legit. So how can you defend? Proper documentation, which sometimes is very difficult to come by. Proper de- documentation. Receipts. Sometimes very hard to come by, too, because, you know, you got to keep track of all this stuff. And making sure your figures are accurate. Well, that, that feeds back to proper documentation and receipts, doesn't it? It's difficult. Okay. So why are some of the auto triggers so obvious to the IRS? It's, it's, they don't like round numbers, as I told you, because it's not proper. 
Uh, missing income, as I told you, 1099, 1099Bs and NECs, all these little things. If you have partnerships and things, they don't like it. So uh, excessive tax breaks compared to income. Another, that's another tip-off, attempting to claim credits or deductions that seem too high when compared to your income. For example, if you have $90,000 of earnings with $60,000 in charitable deductions, they're gonna, you're going to get audited, aren't you? You, you can't, that, that ain't going to work. Even if it's true, they're probably going to still audit you. Could it be true? Yeah, yeah. Because you could be you know, well off from years and years of working, and this year you decide to give a lot of money to the church. And the reason why I'm even saying that is because I did that. <laughs> and guess what? Produced an audit. Great. Just love it. So there are ways to go wrong or get the IRS attention. And since they're hiring a bunch of more auditors, which we don't need as individual citizens, the, you know, the chances are going to increase. Now, it, the chances are pretty slim that you will get audited. If you follow the rules and you know, be reasonable, you probably will not get audited. It's as simple as that. Okay, let's keep moving and take another listener line question from the Investop Voice Bank, 888-99-CHART. Hi, guys. Thank you for the wonderful show. My question is regarding the stock uh, Constellation Brands, your company. I'm in the convenience or gas station business, and it seems to me like Modelo keeps increasing popularity for the few years that is actually increasing uh, in sales incrementally from previous years. Why hasn't the stock done anything yet? That's my main question. I would love to listen for your guys' response in the next episode. Thank you guys so much. Okay, this is uh, STZ. It's Constellation Brands. Produces and distributes branded beer, wines, and spirits in the U.S., Canada, New Zealand, and Italy. <laughs> Weird. Is this Italy? Anyways, Constellation Brands, it's a pretty big company, $42 billion. Um, they're going to make money. They have always made money for years and years and years. Pay a small dividend of 1.6%. I think it's pricey. It's $221 stock. They're going to make $13.24 next year. That's up 14% from this year, which is up 9% from last year. And it's just expensive because they're pretty consistent. Um, they don't have a ton of debt. They have some. Management owns 4%. And mutual funds have been just, you know, holders of the stock, really not selling or buying. And the stock hasn't really done much. And I wouldn't be a buyer of this company. I would not. If it paid a much higher dividend, I'd be more interested in it because it's big and it can pay a much higher dividend. They just don't. Um, but there's nothing exciting about it. There's nothing that's going to drive it, and it's very cyclical, meaning that if the economic if the economy turns down, this will turn down. So I'm, I'm not keen on this stock at this point. I am not. That's STZ Constellation Brands. Constellation Brands. I don't know who who owns Budweiser. Is is I don't know. With the bad uh, bad uh, with their recent space in the news. Uh, I'm, I'm, you know, I'd stay away from the Budweiser, whoever owns Budweiser. I don't, I think they're owned by somebody. And I'm sure you've seen the, the bad press they've been getting in the news, and maybe I think deservedly so, but I would stay away from it. Okay, 888-99 Charters, our number Q1, first quarter earnings recession about to get started. First up will be the big banks coming out uh, with their earnings for the Later on this week, probably end of the week, by on Friday. 
So the S&P in the fourth quarter last year, the earnings fell 4.6%. And the expectation for the first quarter this year is for another fall of 6.8%. Two quarters in a row, that's the definition, most people's definition of a recession, and we're just talking about earnings, corporate earnings recession, not the economy. So there's there work. All we're expecting that. I'm expecting it. I'm expecting that we'll actually have a recession recession this year. We'll see, but I think they'll come later in the year, second uh, probably second half of the year. But you know, be aware now. Try to remember. We all, if we're expecting it, not not necessarily will affect the stock market. You know that, right? Because we already have priced that in if we're expecting it. But what if it's worse than the expectation? What if instead of being 6.8%, it's down 10%? Market's going to fall because that wasn't expected. You see, so this is this is a difficult thing to predict. It's very difficult. That's why I can tell you if a stock is underpriced or overpriced. I can tell you that based on history, based on estimates. But it, you know, nothing is written in stone. I mean, it's it's just you know hard to know. Okay, so, and the experts, quote-unquote experts, always try to make it, it worse, make it look worse. Quarterly earnings worse than, they always ratchet down the earnings expectations before the earnings actually come out so they can say, oh, it beat our expectations, even though it might be down 10%. We thought it'd be down 12%. They always play in this game trying to, you know, control the narrative, make you think what they want you to think. So just be aware of that. It's just, you know, it's part of this whole investing game, okay? Justin Klein, I have been telling you for a while now that we are in a new market environment. Cycles are a natural process, almost everything in life, and stock market cycles are very prevalent. Bear markets, bull markets, and, you know, Everything in between those two th- two streams, okay? So if you're a serious investor, you understand this. I'm, you know, we talk about it here on the show. I don't, you know, there should be no surprises. And as I told you before, near the beginning of the show, don't let fear and greed make decisions for you. If you're in a bear market or a bull market, don't make, don't let the greed or fear make you make a decision to buy or sell something. That's not, that's wrong. That is totally wrong. But if you need help, and knowing when to do this or when not to do something, that's where you you talk to people like us. Justin and I, Justin Klein and I, will offer clients free portfolio reviews. Many money managers would do the same thing, almost all of them. Uh, be happy to help you. KPP Financial, our firm is located in Orange County, California. That's between L.A. and San Diego counties on the coast. And at KPP, the difference that we are, that we portray is that we have a philosophy of independent thinking and shared success. And that shared success means we practice what we call parallel investing, buying the same things for ourselves as our clients at the same price, same time, so that we all go up or go down together. We're putting our own money at risk alongside our clients' money. We think that's important. But most money managers don't do that. Most of them. I'd say Huge percent, 99% of them don't do it. 
So I encourage you to take us up on our free portfolio review offer. We'll take a look at your portfolio and come up with our independent assessment. We can do it via telephone, Skype, or go to meetings. You can send us a message to investtalk.com or you can call KPP Financial in Irvine, California. Either way, just contact us. Get a hold of us. And I think you'll see that we're going to be a little bit different. We won't try to talk into buying something. We won't try to tell you we don't do that. We don't sell anything. We manage people's portfolios for them. We do that. Okay? But if you don't need that and you want to do it yourself, we'll be happy to give you some guidance if that's what you're looking for. So we will help you. We will. Let us help you. We want to help you. And the sooner you contact us, the sooner we can help you. Okay? Appreciate it. I really do appreciate it. Next up, another listener question here on InvestTalk. So if you just hang on there. Why do listener questions make InvestTalk better? Which of these would you recommend? Because each caller presents fresh questions in their voice. When do I know the right time to take profits? And listeners instinctively realize that InvestTalk uniquely offers a welcome dose of investing satisfaction. I think you have a terrific show, and I've learned a whole lot. So don't forget to call InvestTalk, 888-99-CHART. Hi, Justin. I'm calling today about Alamos Gold AGI. I own a position in AGI, and it seems a little bit overvalued. I'm up about 20%, and I was wondering if you think it would be a good idea to take this position and sell out of it and go into a position like AUM, which I believe you guys own. If you can just do a quick breakdown of AGI for me, Alamos Gold, let me know if you think it's overvalued and if you think this would be a good idea. Thank you. Okay, I do think it's overvalued. Alamos Gold, AGI, Canadian company engaged in exploration and development of gold properties primarily in Mexico and Turkey. Remember, it's a Canadian company out of Toronto. Mexico and Turkey. Hmm. Um, this year, they're gonna, their earnings are going to jump 50% to $0.42 cents a share. Next year, to $0.47 cents a share. So sales are growing. Gold prices are going up. So that's good for gold mining companies, right? But return on equity is only 4%. It only pays an 8 tenths of 1% dividend. It's a $5 billion company. P.E. ratio, it's a $13 stock going to make $0.47 cents a share. That means the P.E. ratio is way out of whack, too high. So personally... It's not a new 52-week high. There are several ways you can play this. You can cut your position in half right now and just have a tight stop, or you can sell it all, or you can put a, a trend line. It's moving up very steeply right now, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven days. And what you can do is draw a trend line on the bottom of the lows of those seven days, the lows of price of those seven days, draw a line, and it'll be up very high moving up line, and when it breaks down below that line, you sell it. Problem with that is that it could break down super fast, and by the time you sell it, it may be way, way below the trend line because you couldn't be quick enough, especially if you have a job and you can't watch it all day. So, you know, personally, I think most individuals, when they you have a nice 20% profit and it's moved up very steeply, my suggestion would, you know, sell half. And write it up or write it down, you know, and put a stop on the other half, you know, where you think it stop everybody is a price that where at which you will sell it if it starts to roll over and go down on you. But it's at a new 52-week high, so it's where it's gonna go, it's hard to know because you know there's no 
resistance on the top half to slow it down where people say, oh, it's at a price that it was at before, so it's probably going to you know, stop. And they tend to sell and they make it happen. They make it happen because of their reaction. But there is no top. It's now at a new top. So where it goes from here, it's hard to tell. We don't know. Okay? Let's talk about China for a second. Wealthy Chinese are moving money out of China. They're moving a lot of money to Singapore, not Hong Kong anymore, because China has pretty much taken over. There's not two systems anymore. They have arrested, or let me just say, a billionaire in Hong Kong disappeared. I haven't heard from him in several months. So they're not moving their money there. They're moving it to Singapore. Singapore. Singapore had a record amount of money inflow to the city-state this last year. 270 billion pounds. I guess it's pounds. I don't know what, I don't know if it's Hong Kong dollars, not Hong Kong, but Singapore dollars. I don't know what currency they use. China is coming down hard on perceived private wealth. Billionaires are being charged with corruption or just disappearing. What does that mean for you and your investments? What does that mean? Maybe I'll get to that. Here's a programming note. Justin is on vacation and I will be traveling. So we have a fresh best of caller questions compilation program and podcast prepared for tomorrow. For now, I'm Steve Peasley, and I'm ready to take your questions live at 888-99-CHART. Justin Klein and Steve Peasley are ready to take on your finance and investment questions. Call Investalk, 888-99-CHART. Hello, big fan of the show. I was wondering for moving averages, which time frames you guys like to use, whether it's the 50-day, 100, or the 200. Thank you. Oh, okay. Moving averages. And what he's referring to, everybody, is moving averages of the price of the stock. You know, the stock goes up and down every day, and it closes at a certain price for the day. If you take that close, the most common moving averages, you take that closing price, add up 20 days worth of that closing price and divide it by 20, then you plot a dot and that's a 20-day, the start of a 20-day moving average. And as the day, next day comes along, you drop off the oldest day, add to the new day, and divide by 20 again, plot another dot. And you doing that, you'll have a moving average of a 20-day moving average. We always have four moving averages facing us, a 20, 50, 100, and 200-day moving average. That's our most common ones we always have on our charts. It comes up automatically. You do realize that Jerry Klein, my uh, mentor, he used to have to compile those moving averages by hand. Now you just have software that does it. Now, it gets more complex than that. Sometimes the moving averages, you use simple moving average or an exponential moving average. Okay, exponential puts more weight on the closer numbers, so most recent numbers, and less weight on the older numbers of a 20, 100, 250-day moving average. And you can do it differently. You can take the open, high, low, and close of the price of the stock that day, average those by 
adding those together, divide by four, and have the, and then use that as your one-day moving average. Or, you see, it goes on and on and on. So I like to keep it simple, using a simple moving average, and I use other indicators to confirm what I think is going on. Okay, but those are the moving averages, 20, 50, 100, 200 day. 200 days a year, everybody, right? 200 days. Because the market does is closed two days a week. So that's what you do. And I'd like to go back, if I could, real quick to the, the talking point about Chinese moving, Chinese people, wealthy Chinese moving out of China, moving their money as much as they can out of China uh, because they're really worried about their government coming down hard. And in relation, as a related thing, do you know what Warren Buffett did? In 2022, which was just last year, he spent $4.1 billion buying Taiwan Semiconductor. Taiwan Semiconductor. And this year, he sold 86% of that. That's not what Warren Buffett normally does. He has holds on to stocks for the long haul. He's a long haul investor. So why did he sell it? I think it has something to do with politics. I think it has something to do with what I just said about billionaires moving their money out of China and trying to move their businesses to Singapore. And you know, and I think China is going to come down hard on these people, and because they're already starting to. And Warren Buffett doesn't like the politics of the Taiwan, mainland China, us, the United States, and what's going on with what China's doing to come down hard on their uh, their tech industry. Pretty much they're ruining their the Chinese Silicon Valley area, being ruined by the... See, China, you know, has rules that they can apply anytime, anytime they want. One of them is you can't be rich. You have to, sell, you have to share the wealth. They have rules still in existence, even though there are rich people, rich men and women in China. There are multi-millionaires, billionaires. But they can also just, with a flick of a switch, put you in jail and tell you you're, you know, you broke the law by being rich. You gotta be really careful there. Okay? Also, Tesla. Remember I said last week that Tesla has a, a glut of vehicles and that they're going to probably have a profit problem this year because they're going to have to you know, get rid of that glut? Well, they just today announced that their fifth price cut on their cars this year. Five times they've cut their price of the cars this year. And they just announced the fifth one because of their inventory glut. That's what I was worried about Tesla. Profits being squeezed. Anyways... I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another Investop program. Justin Klein and I thank you for listening, and we encourage you to tell your friends and family members about the free podcast downloads. You get your downloads anytime at iTunes, Google Play, or Spotify. And we have now surpassed, surpassed 51 million downloads, and we thank you for that. We really do. You're really doing a job helping us with our numbers. Remember to follow Talk on social media. Independent thinking, shared success. This is Invest Talk. Have a good night, everybody. Invest Talk is a trademark of KPP Financial. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them. 
Specifically, nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell security. Because such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein, Pavlis, and Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor firm which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is president and Justin Klein is chief executive officer of Klein, Pavlis, and Peasley Financial. Thank you for listening, and your comments and questions are welcome on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART.